Check, check, mic check. Check, check, mic check. Welcome to Podcast Envy. I'm your podcast boss, Andrea Clender, and it is yet another new year. Are you tired of hearing about that yet? Better question. Do you have a vision for your podcast this year? And no, I am not talking about how many more downloads you are going to get or how many more sponsorship deals you're going to have, though those things may happen. But wherever you find yourself on the pod path, hundreds of episodes released, dozens, or maybe not yet even episode one, I'm willing to bet that you are going to go a lot further and deeper and have a lot more fun with pod friends by your side. What, you may ask, are pod friends? And how on earth might you find them? Well, Pod friends are those people who get it, who are right there with you, producing shows, celebrating wins, and commiserating struggles. They are the people who can give you a quick and easy solution for that challenge you've been struggling with for weeks. They're the people that you meet up with at conferences, the people who will inspire you when you feel like quitting and the people who will really understand genuinely and be happy for you when you do reach those podcasting milestones. So if you're wondering how to cultivate these all-important pod friends, you can start with me. I want to invite you to spend some more time talking about the craft and culture of your show with me. Join the Podcast Envy VIP circle over at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash craft and culture. For $49 a month, you'll get access to a monthly VIP Zoom chat with me to talk all about whatever's on your mind with your show. Celebrate wins, brainstorm ideas. You'll get a shout out here on Podcast Envy and access to my private craft and culture podcast feed where we go into questions like, how can I become a better interviewer? How can I fall in love with the sound of my own voice? And how can my show stand out in the vast pod sea of shows? Once again, you can find the details linked in the show notes and at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash craft and culture. And if you want to go even further into making those pod friends, go to Orlando. Seriously, Orlando, Florida. March 6th through 8th is PodFest. PodFest is a conference for podcasters that is unlike any other that I have attended. I will be there with lots and lots of very kind, very fun, very pod-loving people who are not only welcoming, but passionate and knowledgeable about both the craft and culture of podcasting. And if you stick around to the very end... On Sunday morning, I'll be offering an interactive session called Let Your Voice Shine. You'll have the chance to practice finding more freedom and flexibility with your voice. See earlier questions from about a minute back. You will find a link to PodFest in the show notes and at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash podenvy056 for episode 56. And finally, for a masterclass in building your community at large, not just with other podcasters, through your own interview-based show, you'll want to check out today's guest, Sarah Buino, and her show, Conversations with a Wounded Healer. 
Sarah is one of my editing clients, and so I can safely say that I have listened to every single one of her almost 100 episodes to date, and one of Sarah's podcasting superpowers is making fast friends with her guests, even if they only know each other from Instagram, one of her favorite sources for finding new people to interview. Her rapport building is part personality and part skill, as she is a licensed clinical social worker, certified addictions counselor, college professor, speaker, and of course, podcaster. So a professional connector if I ever met one. And by the way, shortly after this interview, one of Sarah's dreams, visions, goals came true through a connection that she made with a former guest on her show in that she was hired by the NARM Training Institute to host their brand new podcast, Transforming Trauma, launching this year. And I'll be editing and consulting, of course. So if you're wondering whether podcasting can actually lead to more professional opportunities, the answer is yes. And I will say that this is not magic. It is due in no small part to her commitment to consistency over the past two years, showing up and getting clear on her vision. So let's say professional manifester too, with a combo of hard work and more than a few tarot card spreads. Links to Conversations with a Wounded Healer and all things Sarah Buino will be in the show notes, of course. And again, that's at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash pod envy 056. And don't forget, you can connect with me via Patreon at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash craft and culture and at PodFest in Orlando in March so we can start talking more about your show. All right. I know you are just going to love this conversation with Sarah Buino. Sarah Buino, producer and host of Conversations with a Wounded Healer. Thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Envy. Am I a producer? I thought you were the producer. Well, okay, great. That's a wonderful place to start. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Am I? Well, that's interesting because, okay, since this is for an audience of podcasters, right? The word producer is so weird because it means a lot of different things. What do you consider my role to be? I mean, I guess I just assumed producer because you do more than editing because were it not for you, I wouldn't have figured out Libsyn and all the other things. So I feel like that's production. I'm just the creative talent. You're just the creative talent. But that's also not true because producers often are also responsible for scheduling and booking guests. Okay, then I'm a producer. All right, fine. Yeah. Now it's defined. Now it is defined. The jury has spoken. (laughs) Podcast (laughs) court is adjourned. (laughs) In any case, let's tell our listeners the story of how you got started as a podcaster. And the story that I'm thinking of goes all the way back to you being on The Creative Imposter, my other podcast, mm-hmm. actually recording an interview with me and then not hearing it come out like crickets for months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did the show. And right afterwards, I had this total vulnerability hangover and felt like I must have sounded like an idiot. And I think it was like six months, which it's funny. I do that now to my guests and I always <laughs> tell them, I tell them, I don't know when this is going to come out. It could be six months to a year from now. Don't ask me again, but they always ask me again anyway. And then when it came out, I got really 
great feedback from the folks who listen to it and people saying that my marriage of, of vulnerability and professionalism was really refreshing and something that they felt was really unique. And I was like, I don't think that's unique. That's how my friends and I talk all the time. So why don't I just record our conversations? And that's how it was born. But you were already thinking about starting a podcast even before that moment, because that's kind of how you and I met was in one of the classes that I was teaching in Chicago. Where did the idea first come from? Well, I think I wanted to figure out another marketing mechanism, but I don't like to watch myself on video. And I've got a great voice. I'm a singer, as are you. Maybe we should do a duet, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, and it seemed easy. I mean, honestly, I wanted to be able to do something that I wouldn't have to spend a lot of time preparing for. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why I do interviews, because then I don't have to like think of anything. Just let them <laughs> I just let them talk and I respond to them. It's great. I always am so much more nervous being a guest on someone else's show than doing an episode for my own show. Oh, like, yeah. I'm for sure. Like, what am I going to say? What are they going to ask me? How does my voice sound? I don't worry about how my voice sounds. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I hate, I hate hearing my voice. I love hearing my voice. I couldn't, couldn't hear it enough. <laughs> that is very good. Okay. So you had an idea that you wanted to do something to market your therapy practice. Mm-hmm. And your personal brand, mm -hmm. which is Head Heart Therapy. Yes. And you thought audio might be the solution because video mm -hmm. sucks. Yep. <laughs> that just seemed so much harder and more expensive. Once you had taken that class, then what? Well, at that point in time, a friend and I were thinking of doing something together. And the concept mm -hmm. that we had was just so complicated. It involved too many people. And he was going to do the editing, but really didn't know how to do editing for podcasting. And, and it just, you know, we recorded one episode and then didn't do anything with it. And it wasn't until I was interviewed for your show that the conversations with the wounded healer idea came. Mm -hmm. And it was like everything just kind of I knew what to do. And that's how I run my life <laughs> is I just kind of stumble upon something and then the, the idea gets downloaded and it's perfect. And I didn't have to work on it. If I'm like working at something, I know that it's probably not the right thing for me. I, I shouldn't have to try so hard. I mean, it's hard work, but not the actual like idea. The implementation is the hard work. Yeah, for sure. And I actually learned something from you out of that experience because you reached out to me and said, hey, do you happen to know anybody who edits podcasts? Because I know that I don't want to mm -hmm. do that part. And I was like, well, yeah, duh, me. And I realized that in my class, I never once said that I am available to be hired mm -hmm. to edit podcasts. And I was like, oh my God, Marketing 101. You never right. told me what you do. <laughs> right, yeah. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. Welcome. Anytime. You originally started the show to market your business. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's happening or has it taken on another direction or a different purpose? You know, I do get emails from time to time from people saying, oh, I've listened to your podcast. I'd love for you to be my therapist. And I'm like, I don't want to be anybody else's therapist. I have enough clients already. And I'm not sure actually how many of them convert to seeing my colleagues. But what it's more turned into is... I am looking for more speaking and teaching gigs nowadays. And so it's been this, you know, pose yourself as an expert sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And 
also, it's just been a vehicle for me to talk to cool people that I have always, this is so silly, but I've always felt like famous people should want to talk to me. Like (laughs) if I vibe with you, you should just want to talk to me because I'm awesome. I have great things to say. (laughs) And so now I actually like have a vehicle to make that happen. And it's amazing like how many, you know, celebrities in my field I've reached out to and they're like, yeah, sure. Totally. I'll be on your podcast. It's great. Who are you most nervous to have on your show? I was nervous. I did an interview with Dr. Lawrence Heller because I think he's probably the most serious person. And I can usually charm people pretty easily. But I had from hearing videos and watching videos of him and seeing other things, I was like, does he have a sense of humor? I don't know if he's going to get me. And, you know, he's been in the field forever and, and I'm studying a neuroaffective relational model that he came up with. And so I was really, really nervous to talk to him. But normally... Normally, I'm not too nervous, just a little bit, just enough to give me the adrenaline I need. Were you surprised in the beginning when people that you didn't know who maybe were like more recognized in the field or like had bigger names, I said yes to be on the show? Or were you like, yeah, of course, they'll be on my show? No, I was totally like the first first person I reached out to even before I started, it was Gabor Mate. And he's becoming even more of a big deal right now. And he wrote me back and he said no, but he wrote me back. And I like pooped my pants with excitement. (laughs) The fact that he even wrote me back. What's been the most interesting or most surprising interview experience that you've had? Well, they're all interesting. And I can't really think of one in particular. But what's been really cool for me is in the actual recording, I'm very present. It's very much like a therapy session where I'm like, I've got to be tuned into what this person is saying so that I can respond authentically and really be in the moment. And so I don't necessarily remember all of the things that we talked about. There must be some different because I remember everything from my sessions with clients, but I remember nothing from the podcast interview. So there must be some other brain cell that I'm not turning on. So I don't remember anything that we talk about. And then when I go back and listen to them, often there's something in there that was like really that really particularly spoke to me that I'm like, Oh, I have to remember that and like, take that out and put that into my real life that happens all the time. I just interviewed my husband, actually, and that I cried during it. And I cried when I listened back to it, too. Uh And it was interesting to hear you know, and that's kind of going back to like why I started the podcast. One of the cool things that happened when I when I listened to our interview was that I couldn't see myself. And when I see myself, that's when I am really judgmental because I don't look the way I want to look or, you know, whatever it is. I made a stupid face and I love the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. And so when I was listening, it was almost like I was, it wasn't me and I was listening to someone else and I was able to have this crazy amount of self-love that I've never experienced before. And I was so proud of myself in a really deep way. And so when I was listening back to the interview with Rich too, it was, it was, you know, kind of this like bird's eye view of the way that we relate to each other. And it helped me have compassion for him in different ways. And just one of the funny things, he speaks very deliberately, very intentionally. And I'm always like, just say it already. And I wanted to do that every five seconds in the interview and I didn't. But listening back to it, I was like, oh, that's why I struggle because I move a mile, you know, a mile a minute and he moves, you know, a mile in 10 days. And it's an interesting like thing that we that we negotiate all the time. I remember you and I have had this conversation before this idea of developing 
something, I mean, people use this hashtag all the time, hashtag podcast therapy, mm-hmm. and it means mm-hmm. different things to different people. But you and mm-hmm. I, you and I have had this conversation before of like, yeah. how this could be like a legit clinical model, the producing of or the hosting of a podcast as a form of therapy. For sure. Absolutely. And I was talking with somebody recently at a an addiction conference, but he was talking about the idea of wanting to start a podcast with newly sober people and like having them just kind of talk about their story and experience and then giving that to them so they can listen back. And I do I do think it's a brilliant idea. Somebody's got to do it. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What has been one of your favorite parts about podcasting? I mean, you've just talked about a lot of really great things, but mm-hmm. what do you think has been the best or most surprising thing about the experience for you thus far? Uh, that I'm good at it. that was a surprise. And I I guess, I mean, it makes sense. You know, once you were like, oh, you're a natural. I'm like, oh, I guess I do interview people every day all the time. Uh So I better be good at it. But it's fun. And it's because I guess I have a natural aptitude for it. It's easy. And I, I just love talking to people. I love drilling down to really deep shit with people, you know, especially people I haven't spoken with before or people have a really interesting story. I just I just love people. So would you say that you have a podcasting superpower? <gasps> Maybe I do. Well, <laughs> I, it's probably making friends with people instantly. I'm sure that's what you would say, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, probably by this point in the interview, I will probably have recorded an intro in which I talk about our funny sort of like inside joke about how I always want to edit the ends of yeah. your interviews, the love yeah. fests at the yeah. ends of your interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and how you were like, stop cutting those out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, re- I do want them all spliced together one day, though. That would be great. Maybe that's episode 100. That sounds so masturbatory, though. (laughs) Maybe that's a bonus for your Patreon only. Uh, um, That's what I need help with, figuring out what do I do for my Patreon. I'm terrible. We were supposed to have a meeting last night, and, like, nobody shows up for them. And I'm like, I think – because most of them are people that I know, and I Mm -hmm. think they just want to pay me. I think they're just very nice people. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) Let's talk about (laughs) – (laughs) let's talk about which I'm sitting here making the assumption that most people listening to podcast envy know what Patreon Mm -hmm. is because I have mentioned it for myself. And for anyone who's listening, who may not know what it is, it's a crowdfunding platform, similar to like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but instead of just like funding toward an end date, one big project and an end do or die date, it's like an ongoing small amount giving platform Mm -hmm. to support a content creator that you appreciate. So why did you decide to create one? And, you know, what, what is the thinking behind that? How's it going? How are you feeling about it? What is frustrating to you about it? Well, I started because everybody else is doing it, question mark. And I figured, you know, if I have it and it's there and nobody gives me money, who cares, right? right. So that's why I did it. And now that there are people there, I feel like I have this level of responsibility to deliver. And what I was delivering was more like more one-on-one time with me, like an actual conversation. And I would really love, you know, if I got enough listeners, I think I could build a community where people can talk to each other. Because I think 
people who are not in the therapy business, who want to be in the therapy business, those are the people who seem to be really interested in talking to me and like wanting to pick my brain and stuff like that. And so that's why I've been trying to make myself available for But I don't know. I don't know why they don't show up. <laughs> but they reach out in other ways. Like I've ended up becoming friends with a couple of these people, you know, because they're awesome and helping them match with a good therapist or find what school they want to go to and all sorts of stuff like that. But I guess it's just not been as like, this is your Patreon thing and here you go. Yeah, I think I have like one, two, three, four, five. I think I support either five or six creators on Patreon myself, Mm -hmm. all of whom are podcasters except for one. And I rarely take advantage of any of the perks. Yeah, you just do it because you want to give. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out the people Mm -hmm. who are supporting you, Mm -hmm. why, and if they do want anything back or if they're just happy to support you. And maybe that's just, I just asked them because there's eight of them. So I can reach out to them. (laughs) I have time to do that and just be like, hey, is there something that you want? Or are you just being awesome and giving me money? (laughs) Right. And I know that marketing has been challenging for you in general, as easy as podcasting is for you and as easy as interviewing is for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like your relationship with marketing is different. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. You know what, though? Podcast movement really helped me shift that. And I feel like I can take more ownership of it now. And I guess I've just, you know, I'm so judgmental. I really am. And I've watched the way that some people do their marketing and I don't like that. And I think that, oh, that's the way marketing is supposed to be done. And so I'm not doing any of it where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have to do it like that. I can still totally do it my way, but hashtags work you know, (laughs) posting every day, posting several times a day works, you know, and somebody at Podcast Movement said that, and my therapist has said this before, that even though there's no new ideas in the world, somebody needs your voice saying it so that they can hear it. And so if you're not marketing it, then you're taking that away from people. And I was like, okay, fine. All right. I'll go inspire more people. So I've upped my Instagram game and I have, I've got like almost 2000 followers now. And that's been just in the last month that it's gone from like 700 up to that. So it's pretty incredible how that works. Why do you think what has spurred that growth? Mm, I think it's just, it's come from hashtags, but mostly I'm just, you know, reposting other people's things. And I feel like I'm using hashtags appropriately. Like I just, I hate when people, like if somebody would be like, oh, hashtag therapy meme, and it's not a meme, Mm. don't put that there. Mm -hmm. So I try to use them appropriately. But yeah, I think that's been it and just posting more. And I was also realizing, you know, funny posts seem to just get more views, period. And every time I post for the actual podcast, it gets like, a fraction of the views of everything else. And oh. I think that that's probably part of the algorithm too, but I don't know. I don't know. Thinking about what has grown and changed for you, because you've been super consistent mm-hmm. about posting every week. I always say mm-hmm. that my clients are much more consistent about their posting than I am. And you've been very consistent in your format too, mm-hmm. in terms of consistently having interviews and then throwing in your shorty solos, you know, every once in a while here and there. 
and the way that you interact with your guests has been really consistent. Is there anything that has changed for you since you started about your approach to making the show or has it been pretty much the same? I think it has been pretty much the same. I guess the only thing that's different is I feel I feel more confident, even though I wouldn't have said I was totally nervous before. There's just, you know, when you do something so many times, you get more confident with it. And, you know, when you ask the same question a hundred times, you tend to start getting the same answers. So I can I can now almost predict what people are going to answer based on, you know, the conversation preceding. So are you adding psychic to your list on your resume of things? <laughs> what? Psychic? Psychic, yes. Right? It's, it, it's less psychic and more like research, essentially. What do they call that? Saturation when you can predict the answer. So I know what the answer is going to be. And I should do a research study. I've talked about that before. I, I probably should. There's so many things that I should do. Oh my God, I have to quit like 10 jobs in order to do the things I want to do. That's my life. (laughs) Literally all I talked about today in supervision and therapy and yes, all of it. Where do you think your show is going? A lot of times people will start to get burnt out on asking the same questions, especially when they can start to predict the Mm -hmm. answers. What do you think will, will grow and change beyond 100 episodes or, you know, three years from now, will you still be podcasting? I keep waiting for my big break, Andrea. Where's that going to come from? The podcast godmother? Like, well, you know, I, I just joined a mental health podcast network and, you know, I continue to do speaking gigs and it keeps growing. So something's working. What I told my supervisor today, she's like, you know, if you had to quit everything and just pick one job, what would you do? And I was like, probably podcasting. Yeah. It just brings me so much joy and is the easiest. I'm not saying that because I don't want to work, but just like the ease of being with people in that space and not having the pressure of having to like take care of anyone. So I don't know. I mean, I'm going to keep it up as long as I I can. I really enjoy it. And I, I think it's really good. And I think that more people should hear it. It's just, they don't know about it yet. And I'm trying to figure out how to find them. The other thing I learned from podcast movement too is to be a guest on more podcasts. So I guess that's another way I'm trying to put myself out there. You're doing it right now. I know. Three this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, we'll link them in the show notes. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I ask this question at risk of it sounding like a commercial for me, and that is not <laughs> what I want. <laughs> Let's see. What is the thing? Enough about me. Let's talk Enough about, about me. Enough about me. What do you think about me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop talking about me. What do you think about me? What has it been like working, A, with an editor in general, like not having to do mm-hmm. that piece of it, and B, working with me specifically? I mean, first of all, you know everything. So that's been great. <laughs> I mean, you know everything that I don't care to learn which is super important for me. Like I knew if I was going to do this, I had to be able to hand it over and just trust that somebody was going to do great with it. And I mean, I always consistently get feedback that the sound quality is just amazing. And so I love that about you and Edwin. And you execute things in a way that I used to execute things before I had 200 jobs. And so I trust that like, if I missed something, you're going to catch it. You know, I just, I trust and you've, you've always, you've always been amazing. If anything were possible with your show in the future, what 
would that be? What would that look like? What would be the big dream? I don't have a big dream. I would just, I would love to get paid to do it instead of to have to pay to do it. That would be nice. What my perfect career I think would look like more realistically is I have the podcast and I have speaking gigs and there's enough podcast listeners that whenever I have a speaking gig, I can be like, hey, let's do a therapy group while I'm out there too, so that I can really combine all the things that I love and get paid to do that and have someone who can administrate all of it. (laughs) So get paid to do it and get paid enough to pay somebody else to do the shit I don't want to do anymore. That's the dream. And what is your best advice for a new podcaster or a thinking of being a podcaster who is listening to this show right now? Is there anything that you wish you had known before you started? Hmm. I don't I don't know that there's anything that I wish I would have known. I feel like you knew all the things that I didn't have to know, so I guess my advice would be just hire Andrea. And I'm not just right. Like, does this mean I get a discount? (laughs) And I mean, I guess the other thing, just just as general advice, is don't try so hard. I hear things sometimes where people are like, I can tell people, and I guess I've I've just learned it more from being a guest on other people's shows. The way that people ask questions and have it be a conversation. You know, if you can somehow figure out how to make that the format of the show rather than question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. That can be jarring and annoying for the guest and especially the listener too. Yeah, so don't try so hard. Just just make friends. Podcast Envy is produced by your podcast boss, Andrea Klunder. That's me. The Podcast Envy theme music is by Valentin Sosnitsky, courtesy of the Free Sound Project at freesound.org, and our podcast angel music is by Benjamin Masterpolito, also on freesound.org, as Lemon Cream. All music is licensed under the Creative Commons. Our episodes are mixed by Edwin Ruiz, and hey, if you want your show to sound as good as ours, hire us. Put the magic audio mojo of the Creative Imposter Studios to work for you. Thanks so much for listening, and here's to making your podcast the envy of everyone else.